the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Hump Day. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, indeed. And I'm in an especially thankful mood tonight because I think it actually happened, my peeps. <laughs> I I think it's actually happened. I think that Matt Gates, when he pulled the trigger for the motion to vacate and the eight people, the seven people that joined him to remove Kevin McCarthy, actually resulted in a true conservative as Speaker of the House. That's how we getting over the hump tonight on the AK Show. We're going to be telling you everything you need to know about Mike Johnson. We're also going to be updating you on some critical critical things you need to know about the border situation and what's going on with there and the terrorist infusion into this country. We got a rap about Mr. Hair Joe himself and his little, he's off on a toot. Of course, I'm talking about Mussolini off on a toot over to China. We got to share with you the deets on that. We got a great uh, lineup of guests for you guys. Uh, don't forget to download our podcast if you miss any part of tonight or any show, wherever you get your podcast. Spreaker tends to be uh, the way a lot of people get theirs. Um, email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. And our 24-hour hotline is 844-814-5227. I'm hearing some things quaking behind me in the room here. Uh, I, I, we might have had a reverber. I might be feeling the aftershocks of an earthquake that took place today uh, in D.C. I think it finally I think it finally made its way out here to the West Coast. I got to bring in my partner in crime every night of the week. It is DJ Sesame Broccolini. You got it, dude. Sesame Broccolini. Mm, yummy. I just feel like Matt Getz is probably feeling like a million dollars right now. Look, not only did we get it and only on the fourth round, which really is pretty quick, honestly, in, in retrospect, um, but also we got somebody with 220 votes, every single Republican who was in attendance. And that's that's I love to see that kind of unity. So I, I don't know how yeah. you're feeling about it, but I'm very excited about uh, the prospects of ramming forward a very conservative mm-hmm. agenda and very quickly. Well, initially this morning when I heard that it and last night when I saw that he got the nomination, I knew there was going to be a vote today. I was like, how do I not know a whole lot about homeboy from Louisiana and fellow LSU grad? And by the way, he didn't just graduate LSU undergrad like I did. Brother friend went on to LSU law school. So he is a comma JD and very interesting background. I think one of the reasons why he wasn't on my radar and watched him on judiciary is because he's also from the Shreveport area. They're kind of like Texans to us. <laughs> just a little home, you know, just a little uh, flavor of Louisiana because Shreveport is up closer to Dallas. It's pretty far removed from New Orleans. Um, so I had to do a little research 
on uh, Mike Johnson this morning. And actually I saw, because he was a name that really wasn't that well known to anybody, particularly since even uh, when the Jim Jordan thing happened and Jim Jordan stepped away and then we had nine people come forth. I don't even remember Mike Johnson's name being in that mix of those nine. Do you, Sesame? No, I don't. And looking back, I do remember him vaguely getting elected in the in the cycle of 2016. So uh, the name it rung a bell, but I don't know much about his. Well, I didn't know much right. about his voting record until today. But the more right. I the more I look, the more I like. So I'm very interested right. in, in his positions. I really am. Yeah, me too. And I, I, one of the things that everybody was scratching their heads on is that, you know, what happened to, okay, we know why Tom, uh, spokesman for abolishing the Electoral College, uh, Weasel Emmer bowed out yesterday, but it was supposed to, but right before he bowed out, it was supposed to be a battle between Byron Donalds and Tom Emmer. And when Emmer bowed out, it didn't it didn't go de facto back to Byron Donalds. And then all of a sudden we're hearing, you know, Mike Johnson's name. And then he gets the nominee from uh, the Republican nomination from the Republican party. And it's like, okay, who is this guy? How did, how did it come to this? I'm uh, Ed Martin from Phyllis Schlafly's Eagles going to be with us in a moment. And Ed tends to have the tea uh, of what's going on in DC. And maybe he can shed some light on what all happened proceeding up to Mike Johnson, because this is absolutely extraordinary. I did some digging on him. Uh, there is somewhat of a mixed bag. I would say he's a little, he's, he's MAGA, a mixed bag of MAGA and establishment, but clearly more MAGA than establishment. This is a major win for us. Uh, some people have him that his Liberty score was only 74%, but heritage, heritage has him at close to a hundred percent of conservative in his voting record. Um, he is an attorney, as I mentioned, and he actually joined. You guys remember back in uh, this is one reason why I want to continue to talk about Janet Ellis in a moment, because I my memory was refreshed today that Mike Johnson, as an attorney, uh, participated in the amicus brief. Do you remember that the te- state of Texas filed a lawsuit and 20 something states joined it? Um, against the outcome of the election um, by stating that when the for the reason of on the basis of that when the state of Pennsylvania rewrote the election laws, they denied other states their rightful votes because they subverted the law. I'm trying to take out a lot of the legal stuff. But anyway, and the Supreme Court refused to take up the case. He actually participated in that. So that's that's obviously a good thing for him. Um, well, what's he, up with the score on the liberty? Well, what's up with this? Do you know why he doesn't have a higher liberty score with that one? I forget. I think it is just liberty score that does the scores. I don't know. Do you know I think why? He, I think I think it could be because he initially voted for in part. He initially voted for funding for Ukraine. But if you look at the GOP scorecard, he gets a fail because he didn't give him another dime after the initial vote. So I'm not. (laughs) Um, He he um, he introduced in the state of uh, uh, no, actually in the uh, in the House, uh, the GOP House, he voted. He introduced something called Stop the Sexualization of Children Act, which would prohibit federally funded institutions from promoting child sexualization. 
Um, according to the Hill, during his time in the Louisiana House, he proposed a bill that was considered very controversial in 2015, named the Marriage and Conscience Act, uh, that people considered discriminatory against the LBGT community. Um, because it was things like you can't force somebody to, to perform a same-sex ceremony, right? Um, he's a, he's major MAGA, very much a stalwart supporter of Trump. Um, when it, 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 The Liberty score might have been related a little bit to COVID. I'm not sure. One of the things I do know that had some people this morning uh, kind of concerned about him is that apparently he... he um, Let's see where I want to make sure I get it right. He has ties to he's a small business owner and he uh, oh, I know what it is. His his top campaign donor is Morrison Dixon, which is a Louisiana based pharmaceutical corporation that functions as the exclusive covid vaccine distributor for the Louisiana Department of Health. I don't think that's that big a deal when you look at the rest of his record. When you hear things like this today. I want you guys to listen, um, Sesame Broccolini. It's a three-minute clip. I'm not going to play all of it, but just the beginning. We got to play a little bit of one of the things you got to do when you're looking at some a situation like this, and it's somebody you're not that familiar with. You've got to start paying attention to who who, who hates them, right? Adam Schiff uh, uh, did a tweet today before we get to this clip, and here's what he had to say. He said, you might be Googling who Mike Johnson is this morning. Let me make it simple. He is a hard right pro-Trump leading election denier in the House. So that right there makes me dig him, right? Here's what um, I'll get to the, the to the DeSantis uh, issue that I've got related to the Johnson story. But I want to hear first, I want you to play this MSNBC reporter um, hyperventilating about uh, Speaker Johnson questioning the election as views way outside. I mean, I hope they send him out of the campaign trail because his views on abortion are way outside the mainstream of Republican political thought on the other side of voters in Kansas and Ohio and other very, very red parts of the country. His views on democracy, again, to the right of Republican voters, his views on foreign policy to the right of the Republican voter. What were they thinking? (laughs) Well, Stuart Stevens said what I was also told by some folks who were starting to parse through the Mike Johnson record, which is he's Jim Jordan with a jacket and a smile. That's something that when you actually start parsing through the policy comes through very clearly that this is someone who maybe without the publicity and fanfare is certainly working in lockstep on the same ideological and ethos ideas that people like Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise have been talking about over the course of the last several years. He just hasn't been doing it as often on Fox News. But this is who they ended up with. And I think it takes me back to yesterday when you and I were having this conversation, albeit at that point it was chaos because we didn't know who the speaker was going to be. At least now there is a speaker for the first time in over three. Take a breath, girl. Um, She's getting hysterical. She needed to take a break. He's Jim Jordan in a jacket and a smile. I mean, what's not to like here, Sesame? Yeah, um, she's she's going on. Oh, oh, well, you know, he's to the right of most establishment GOP Republicans. Huzzah! I, that's uh, huzzah, <laughs> I, thank you. That's exactly what I'm looking for. What I mean, were, that, that's what the, were they uh, thinking? Right? They that was hilarious for me. Got, it's, yeah, you're. Yeah. Oh, he's pro family and wants a strong border and wants to rebuild the American economic engine. Oh, oh no, God! Oh, how scary! <laughs> 
<laughs> she was on the verge of sounding like a meth head like I was last night. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about all that, but yesterday, well, yeah, that you, was but, a lot going on, though. Well, I mean, it's just... Uh, How do you keep it all I straight mean, in your head? You know, it's like this is what happens when you put clowns and unserious people in. And this is an unserious journalist. I mean, how many of yeah. these people are basically just activists for the Democrat Party who happen to have some, you know, bachelor's degree in media or communication and then they end up at MSNBC or, you know, CNN or CNBC or ABC or long list? Well, look, this is such a win for us today. How do you know it's a win? Hakeem Jeffries who won the nomination for the Democrats, although Hakeem, Hakeem Jeffries did not get, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Three Democrats switched over and voted mm-hmm. for Johnson, right? So Johnson got... Um, he only got 209 so out of 212 Democrats. So three people, exactly. yeah, gave him a stab in the back. Exactly. So three Democrats flipped and voted for Johnson. Johnson got every Republican vote. Nobody flipped. So here's Hakeem Jeffries today introducing Representative Johnson. And here's uh, here's why, you know, this dude is our dude. If you could play that clip. We faced adversity on September 11th, 2001, when the towers and the Pentagon were unexpectedly struck, killing thousands of lives in an instant. We faced adversity right here in the House of Representatives when on January 6, 2021, a violent mob of insurrectionists incited by some in this chamber overran the House floor as part of an effort to halt the peaceful transfer of power. Okay, really? (laughs) They're so hysterical over Speaker Mike Johnson that they're trying to claim again that January 6th was the equivalent of 9-11. And on a serious tip right now, we're going to give you guys an update on the border right now. When we still have Americans held hostage, we just had more Americans killed in a terror attack in Israel than we had in the Boston bombing. For him to try to make this kind of accusation shows you the depth of how despicable the Democrat Party is. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring on uh, my brother, call him Brother Ed Martin, is going to be here from Phyllis Schlafly's Eagles and Pro-America Report. We're going to get his take on the speaker race and, and Mike Johnson and maybe even a little tea on how we got here. Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Y'all know I'm in especially good spirits if you were listening at the open of the show, because I think it was actually accomplished, my babies. I think when the motion to vacate occurred, it actually removed a rhino and installed a MAGA conservative. And how can you know, as I was pointing out at the open of the show, by the hysteria on the part of the left everywhere from Adam Schiff to the legacy media and even the haints on the view. And by the way, so much so, by the way, the left is so hysterical that after Mike Johnson came and gave a speech in which he invoked the Bible and God, Christo-fascist, 
started trending on Twitter. I want to play a little moment of Speaker Johnson and then bring in Brother Ed Martin from Phyllis Schlafly's Eagles and host of the Pro-America Report and get his take on it. And he might even have some tea for us because Ed knows everybody in D.C. First, Sesame Broccolini, if you could play just uh, that clip of Speaker Johnson talking about the challenge we have. The challenge before us is great, but the time for action is now, and I will not let you down. He says he ain't going to let us down. He's called to work. He's he's told... uh, I want to say to the American people, on behalf of all of us here, we hear you. We know the challenges you're facing. We we know that, uh, that there's a lot going on in our country domestically and abroad, and we are ready to get to work again to solve those problems, and we will. Our mission here is to serve you well, to restore the people's faith in this house, in this great and essential institution. All right. So um, I thought with the applause it was done. Restore faith in the institution. Um, Brother Ed Martin, Ed Martin, Phyllis Schlafly's Eagles, host of the Pro-America Report, what were your thoughts today when it ended up being Mike Johnson? You know, I, I kind of like what you just said, uh, Andrea. Great to be back with you and your listeners. I, you know, I feel like it kind of spun around and ended up as good as it could. I mean, Mike Johnson is widely regarded as very smart, very conservative. I mean, he's legitimately a uh, kind of top flight kind of talent. I mean, he's he's a, he's a lawyer. He's uh, litigated at high levels on serious issues. He's got a sense of humor. I don't know if you saw the meme that was going around of him. Uh, there was a, uh, him holding up. a. All you see is a, a headline that says Trump acquitted. And then the, 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 the paper has moved down and it's him in front of Pelosi's nameplate in her office. And he winks at the camera. <laughs> this is years ago. Right. So he's got a he's got a wry sense of humor. He got attacked yesterday when he was at the podium. Um, and it was sort of he was the speaker designate at the time and they attacked him and said, you know, you deny the elections. And he just looked sort of nonplussed. He said, next question. And he went on, you know, so I, I mm-hmm. think he's the right guy. It's a really so I think that's all turned out fine. As you say, we got rid of sort of rhino-ness. We dragged a lot of the Republican Party uh, sort of down to the ground and in, in the House and said, get real about what the parties are. Frankly, though, Andrew, the problem is if you look at this stuff closely and, you know, I do uh, legislatively, it's a really hard job now. I mean, he's got such a thin majority. He's going to have to pass some spending stuff that you and I are going to be saying, oh, my gosh, that's dog meat. And, you know, we're probably going to give him a break and a pass uh, for one time or whatever, but it's going to stay like that. And so I I, I don't know how well I'll tell you this. If he wants to change the dynamic, I would encourage him. And I have done this to one of his staff guys that I know. You know, release all the January 6th video. Let the, let the left scream bloody murder over that for a few weeks. And, that, and I think that would be good for the country. And then get back to what you're going to do. You know, we, he's going to have to balance the interests that want to fund some of these, uh, you know, the, the, not just the Israeli stuff, but the Ukraine stuff. He's just going to have to balance it because he can't – he's got moderates in his caucus. So it's a really tough job. Uh, but I think right. he's no, making I get the right that. impression. Yeah, and I think – I'm so glad you brought that up because – Uh, One of the things I talked about when Trump won election in 2016 was expectations. You cannot have the expectations that just because somebody is a hardcore conservative, just because somebody shares your same policy views, that they're magically going to be in this position of leadership and be able to snap their fingers and make everything perfect and make everything okay. And that should not be my message to everybody tonight. Uh, We are going to have to hold our nose on some stuff, but that doesn't mean that this was not a major victory. 
victory. Because one yep. of the things Matt Gates talked about today, and I thought I pulled the clip, but I don't think I did. He talked about everything that Kevin McCarthy was doing behind the scenes to try to destroy while he was going to the public, going to the Republican Party uh, voters, trying to make it seem like he supported Jim Jordan. I'm nominating Jim Jordan. Behind the scenes, he was stabbing him in the back. The rhino establishment was doing everything that they could, including MTG, by the way, who went on media yesterday and said that the uh, hateful eight, who I think are the eight heroes, including my favorite congressman and friend, Andy Biggs, that they needed to apologize to Kevin McCarthy for the mess that they created. Look, sometimes you got to spill. You know, Jesus Christ flipped a table over, didn't he, Ed Martin? And sometimes you've got to make a little bit of a mess in order to make things right. You know, our country was founded after a mess of a war and bloodshed for freedom. And that's not what I'm I'm saying is good here, but I'm saying that there's uh, it's, it's like the old saying of, uh, you know, going along to get along is not victory. It, it, Oh, I know what the phrase I was looking for. The absence of war doesn't necessarily mean peace. This was a major win for us because one of the things they've been trying to do uh, is trying to squelch MAGA out like they did the Tea Party. And this sends a victorious message to both the, the Uniparty, the rhinos in the establishment, and the Democrats that MAGA is here to stay. One yeah. of the things you yeah. also mentioned I liked, which was about Jan 6. Gates said yesterday that there was an agreement that everybody had to agree the, that the full release of the Jan 6 tapes need to happen. You mentioned they should do that. What effect do you think that that will have? Well, I, first of all, let me agree completely with you on, on what you said and add this sort of description. As we watched the sort of House, uh, U.S. House kind of tear and collapse, I think people needed to say to themselves, this is better than propping it up with the same old, same old. You know, the famous book that the late Phyllis Schlafly wrote was called A Choice, Not an Echo. And her point yes. was, give us a fresh choice, not an echo of the same stuff we've heard over and over again. And I think right. the having to go through this, uh, this you know, kind of tumult gave us a fresh kind of character. I mean, he's brand new. He's only been up there for six or seven years. I mean, he's, he's, not, a, he's not an insider in the same way, but obviously very competent. And as you say, He's conservative. So instead of giving us a moderate and telling conservatives, hold your nose, we got a conservative and the moderates are told, uh, you know, hang on here and see. So that's I think that's all progress. Look, I think January 6th is is the keystone of all of this stuff. And, and, And because it was such a lie, it was a lie at the time. You know, what Pelosi did when mismanaging security, what happened in those days, it was a lie at the time. And then it was a lie that was further hammered home by the Pelosi, Liz Cheney, Benny Thompson Select Committee, where they spent $20 million, just under $20 million, to, 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 to basically create a brainwashing operation for about 18 months. And then on the way out, they destroyed the documents of this massive $20 million uh, committee. They, they destroyed them. And then they said, yeah, you have to believe what we told you was the story. So in, in tearing that down and the release of the January 6th tapes of the videos and getting people to understand, like, I, you know, you and I talked off, offline. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a professional journalist. I, I am a lawyer and I consider myself somebody who understands politics. I spent 150 plus hours looking at January 6th video inside their special room. I requested and they gave me 
a bunch of uh, uh, of the video to take out that was focused on one thing I found, which was the fake gallows that was put up. It was not a real gallows, but it was put up and used as this incredible, iconic image uh, of, of like it's something like the Super Bowl trophy. You know that that trophy, the Vince Lombardi trophy, that silver trophy. Everybody yeah. knows the trophy. It's the image. The image of January sixth was this gallows and a noose in front of the Capitol. It was all a fraud. And what I discovered wow. with some hard work, but you know, work, not, not exactly rocket science, just hard work, was there were five people. They don't look like MAGA. They look like – I don't know what they look like. They, they look like operatives of some kind who set up the gallows in the darkness on the morning of, of, of January 6, uh, 2021. They came back six hours later to hang the noose. In other words, they put up a platform with a power tools and all this stuff on the mall. Nobody said anything to them. You know, I, I actually happened to know because I had a permit for that day, January 6th, for a rally on the Capitol grounds. And the rules are you can have a stage that's only uh, six by six, and it can't be more than 12 inches off the ground. That's not much of a stage. Well, this ga- fake gallows that was built, much higher, much bigger than that, but it was not a real gallows. Anyway, I got to the bottom of it, and we've got people giving us tips telling us who they think these people are. And here's the thing. When Bubba Wallace, the NASCAR driver, thought he saw a noose in his garage at NASCAR, Mm -hmm. the the hate crimes division of the FBI was there within an hour. And within 72 hours, they had a report that said this is what happened. By the way, he was mistaken. It was just somebody tying up the rope of the garage door. But my point is, two and a half years later, we don't know who set up this fake gallows and noose. The FBI can't, you know, figure it out. It's a lie. And we've got to break it. So we can go back and say what exactly was going on. And, you know, it, it, Trump was not a Hitler character because of January 6th, no matter how they lie to us and get on from there. So I think it'll be really good. I also think the country will think, oh, this new speaker is serious if he's actually changing the dynamic on release of video. I think that will be a sort of new CEO move that will redound to his credit. Awesome. Well, Ed Martin, thank you so much for being here. You're the hard, you're the James Brown of politics, man. You're the hardest working dude I know. <laughs> Taking time That's to come on tonight. Y'all need to uh, get a part of an, in, an Eagle Forum group somewhere near you, as yep. well as listen to Ed Martin's Pro America Report. How can they support and be a part of Eagles? You know, you know, right now, Andrew, I don't know if I told you, I've been writing longer form at ProAmericaReport.com. It's actually a sub stack, but it gives me a okay. way. It's a free, free subscription, so it's not, you don't have to pay. Uh, ProAmericaReport.com, you'll see all the video images of the Gallows Gang, and I call the main guy the, the, the uh, organizer, Mr. Coffee, because he went and got coffee in front of the FBI uh, <laughs> offices, by the way, on the morning at 6.45 a.m. He happened to know where to go to get a cup of coffee right across from the FBI right. headquarters. Go figure. But ProAmericaReport.com. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, Take it easy you, and Andrea. stay safe. Thank you. All right, you guys stay tuned. We got more to talk about on the other side of the break. Don't go away. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. If I can just be honest, part of the appeal for Mike Johnson to me, tiny bit though, about 5%. Is that I'm loving seeing headlines like I saw today, which is, you know, Louisiana at the heart of some power in the U.S. government. Okay. We Cajuns getting a little power going on. And I'm kind of liking it. Maybe we're going to get some respect, right? Kind of like uh, when uh, my boy Joe, Joe Burrow returned some respect to the LSU football situation. So I'm kind of digging that a little bit. 
Um, but seriously, I had to dig into him because y'all know that I was like, yay, you know, go Scalise, G-E-A-U-X. And then I delved in and I'm like, oh, yeah, Ugh, Scalise, right? Just because homeboy went to LSU, you know, doesn't mean that I dig what he's all about. Because ultimately, my allegiance is to the United States of America. That's who my allegiance is to. I've said that MAGA is about a movement, not a man. And that's one of the things that, and, and uh, when I look today at the landscape and what I've been concerned about after Trump, and, and I was critical of Trump during his administration, mis- mistakes that he made, um, because I'm not about uh, the man. I'm about this country, right? And so I, when we weren't sure if he was going to run again, I was looking at DeSantis. And one of the things that I said Uh, was, and this was before I realized he gave this horrendous speech at Turning Point, and I realized he didn't have any charisma and couldn't work a room. I uh, was still wondering, I was like, okay, he's done a good job as governor, but where is he on the deep state? I knew he was a JAG officer. I knew he'd gone to some of these, quote, Ivy League schools. And I just wasn't, I, I needed to know where he stood. And friends of mine decided to back him. And, and I was like, dude, I'm not, he's, he's, he's not, he's not uh, giving me the feels that he understands the threat that we face as citizens uh, from our own government. And as somebody who was a JAG officer, as somebody who did serve in Congress, he should be, and, and somebody who used Trump to get into office, he should be nailing Every time he comes to the microphone when he's going to run for office, run for president, he should be nailing the DOJ. And he never did. And I kept getting promises that he would. And then when Alvin Bragg uh, indicted Trump up there, um, DeSantis mocked it and minimized it, wrote it off. And y'all know I talked about it, wrote it off as though it was some low level beef between a DA and a former president. He allowed the FBI to not just terrorize a former president by going through his wife's underwear drawer, but he also allowed, according to Steve Friend, FBI whistleblower, allowed Florida residents to be terrorized by the FBI and the DOJ. And one of the reasons why he's done that, he's either done it for two reasons. Either he doesn't understand the problem associated with it, which is a problem, or he gets it and he's a part of it. And why would he be a part of it? Why would he be minimizing it? Why would he not care about it? Well, that's kind of maybe even a third thing. One of the reasons why he's minimizing, you could know it and, and, and still care about it, but minimize it because the reality is, is the more that Republican voters understand that Trump is being railroaded by weaponized DOJ, the more likely they are to vote for Trump and not for DeSantis. That's why DeSantis has been minimizing it. While Americans sit in a gulag, he's been sloughing it off and acting like it's no big deal. That's a threat to me, a direct threat to me. It's one of the reasons why I can't support him. He blamed Trump. And you know who else did? His entire DeSantis influencer team. And that includes Jenna Ellis. I've had so many thoughts since I found out she she pled guilty yesterday. I had thoughts of sympathy because every, and so many conservatives did. We look at it. Oh, it's a Mao's struggle session. Yesterday in that courtroom was not a Mao's revolution struggle session. What it was, was it revealed who she is as, as an individual. Sidney Powell did not give that speech in which she refused to accept accountability, blamed others and threw Trump and the nation under the bus. I was ready to let go of the Jenna Ellis story until the DeSantis people today 
followed the same pattern by attacking Mike Johnson. And the only reason why they're attacking Mike Johnson today is because they perceive a speakership of Mike Johnson as beneficial to Trump, which means that Jenna Ellis, who spent the last two years blaming Trump for the indictments against him, she her entire career is based on riding Trump's coattails. And when he was no longer useful to her because she decided to hitch her wagon, she's nothing but a lying, hypocritical, narcissistic opportunist and an incompetent one at that. She spent the last year and a half calling, defaming Trump, calling Trump supporters cultists and nasty names and ugly names. And when anybody hit her back, she went and tried to get him taken down off of Twitter. Quite frankly, she should be on The View, except she's lacking the charisma of Joy Behar. That's how bad she is. What she did in that courtroom is followed DeSantis's lead in, in throwing America under the bus. Lisa Booth tweeted out today, well, it's not her job to defend Trump. It was never supposed to be about Trump. She wasn't Trump's attorney in 2020 fighting the election fraud. She was supposed to be America's attorney at that point. And when she was finally indicted in Georgia, she claimed that she was going to fight it. Remember the smiley pic of when she was indicted? And she said, today, the practice of law has been criminalized. I'm going to fight this. Raised $300,000 and then blamed Trump for it. And acted in a court of law, stated in a court of law that there was no election fraud. Do I need to remind everybody what, ele- or what election fraud took place in this country? That's something else the DeSantis team has done. DeSantis has waged his entire campaign on on propping up Joe Biden and saying that 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 Joe Biden won fairly and squarely and there was no election fraud that took place in this country. He has minimized and acted as though not only is there no weaponized Department of Justice and FBI and law enforcement going on in the United States of America, but the indictments against Trump and other people are something that they deserved. Today was a great day for MAGA. And the fact that DeSantis and his team cannot celebrate that tells you everything you need to know about them. They are no different than Kevin McCarthy. If you don't like Kevin McCarthy... You can't vote DeSantis because I don't see any daylight between the two. Anything I'm missing here, Sesame Broccolini? No, just it's just so amazing to me, honestly, that so many different themes going on here. DeSantis, I think, will go down in the history books as a cautionary tale in terms of campaign strategy. Um, talk mm-hmm. about somebody who was on top of the world, somebody who had... You know, so much clout behind him as a governor and especially coming out of COVID just to turn around and basically lose everything. He spent years and years building a certain reputation and a certain policy platform and basically threw it down the drain. Um, That's the way I see it. So I don't know if I I, I don't think he should have jumped in this early for 2024 at all. I think that was a big mistake. And I think his campaign's been a nightmare in every way imaginable. And I just there's no accountability. There's no responsibility uh, and there's just no change. He's not making any real changes on the ground and it's costing him something he spent years and years working for a reputation as a solid yeah. conservative. Um, and I thank him for his service in the Marines. You know, he was a Navy SEAL. Um, and that's why it's just so heartbreaking. It's like guys got a Yale law degree, Harvard bachelors served in the seals. I think on seal team two or one, um, but he's just completely, it's well, almost he's, like he's got some Trump derangement syndrome. That's what it well, feels what he like is, a little is he's bit. He's just I, like I Jenna know. Ellis. 
He's just like Jen Ellis. They're they're narcissistic opportunistics. Uh, opportunist is what they are. He rode Trump's co- coattails into the governorship. Couldn't couldn't wouldn't have gotten elected but for Trump. And then um, and then he went to the to the Ain't state of the Florida truth. and said, hey, vote for me for a second term. Then he went to the Florida legislature and said, can you change the laws of the state <laughs> so I can be governor and run for president at the same time? That's hardly conservative and hardly MAGA. And then he's run a crappy campaign. Anybody and don't. And, and the, the idea is that, well, he can win and Trump can't. It, no. Look at the crappy campaign he's run. What kind of idiot are you that you're going to try to take votes away from from uh, 75 million votes away from that from the head of MAGA by bashing MAGA? Anybody who thinks that's a good idea really needs really needs to to think about maybe when your term is up as governor sweeping some floors, because that's about as dumb as it gets. And I'm and I'm angry that I even felt sorry for Jenna Ellis yesterday, because what this woman did in the in the name of Christianity was to basically as a part of an overall strategy to tie herself to DeSantis, because that's what's going on here. She threw this country under the bus to communist to because what's going on with this Department of Justice right now is communism. And they want to crush Christians. Jesus is not celebrating what she did yesterday, and she didn't have to do it. That's why this is nothing to feel sorry for, because Sidney Powell pled guilty, and I didn't, and I didn't, and I didn't get upset at Sidney Powell for it. I understood it. Sidney Powell didn't stand in a courtroom and blame other co-defendants. She didn't deny that there was election fraud that took place. Jenna Ellis is to be shunned. And quite frankly, so is DeSantis, in my opinion. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We have to talk about the border because we've got breaking news on that that you may or may not want to hear. So stay tuned. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. whatever you call her. She's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have y'all here with me, one of the first things uh, Senator, uh, not Senator, but Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, talked about today was sealing and securing the border. We're going to have to do more than that because we have at least 60,000 special interest aliens that are called that because they're coming here from terror infested countries. And by the way, he has supported Trump's ban on uh, uh, people coming here from those terror infested countries um but they're here and they need to be routed out and found and deported like pdq uh today we find out you know the big mantra has been uh in and continues to be that uh, on the part of the left that palestinians are all victims and israel is just committing genocide against some you know fun loving innocent people over there in gaza well, Daily Caller is reporting today that according to a former Border Patrol chief and a current official in the agency, that the Biden administration has been um, classifying the Palestinian illegals coming here under other nationalities. If you go and search how many Palestinians have come here, you'll see a zero because they don't want you to know the Palestinians are crossing our border. 
Why would they not want you to know that if all these Palestinians are just no different than the Jews being slaughtered because they're not the same? Yesterday, the San Diego field office of the California Border Patrol issued a warning about not just Hamas, not just Hezbollah coming across here, but Palestinian Islamic Jihad. See, the left wants you to think that there's only one group, you know, going back to the George W. days, then it was all about Al-Qaeda. No, it's about an ideology. And we cannot allow them to continue to play this game of it's just one little group here. And as soon as we knock out this fraternity and remove them from the campus, you know, all the problem will be solved. That's not the reality. I don't care whether somebody calls himself Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS, or, you know, Winky Dink, okay? They're Islamic terrorists. I tried to find a clip that I could play for you guys tonight that was um, not in Arabic, but had been translated into English. And it was one of these terrorists who was on the phone on October 7th to his mother in Palestine, bragging, excited that he had killed 10 Jews, that he had killed 10 Jews. So no, I don't want to hear any more of this crap that they're all the same. That there's no difference be, that and the Biden administration, we got to remember, we got to remember that, you know, um, the, you know, Hamas is the problem. And Joe Biden today, the Palestinians don't want anything to do with Hamas. They, Hamas doesn't reflect the Palestinians. Um, I don't know what percentage it reflects the Palestinians, but since the Palestinians voted them into leadership and we don't have ability to know whether it's 90 percent, 95 percent or 9 percent of the Palestinians that want to kill Jews and kill Americans, I don't care. We have to assume that they're all 100% on board with Hamas. That's the reality. I, I pulled this clip from Queen Noor uh, talking about, oh, Palestinian mothers love their children just like Jewish mothers love their children. The problem is, Queen Noor, is that they hate, their, they hate Jews so much that they're willing to let their own children die in the quest of killing them. And oh, by the way, Breitbart is reporting on the border today that for the in the year of 2023, there's going to be an equal one new illegal alien coming into this country for every American newborn. It's no longer about securing the border. It's got to be deporting everybody in this country who's in this country illegally, whether they came across the border, whether, uh, you know, on foot, whether they came here on visas and overstayed. And quite frankly, if they're here and some refugee, if we brought them here uh, off to the Afghanistan, manufactured chaotic withdrawal, they didn't need to be brought here. They could have been brought someplace else. Uh, you know, by, by, you know, I'm all the time seeing these islands for sale in the Caribbean. Go put them on an island in the Caribbean. Get them off my mainland. Going to take a break. Hour two of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Speaking of the mainland, what's Gavin Newsom doing all the way around the world over in China. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.